0: Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with performer Christina Castilla. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a growing sex doll site. Started in 2016, it's grown to over $2 million in annual revenue. The owner has focused and invested heavily into SEO for the site, making sure it consistently ranks at the top in the search engines for the main industry keywords. As a result, most of the traffic and sales are organic, coming from people who have searched for sex dolls on Google. Other strong sales channels are the 25,000-plus person email list and an affiliate program. The owner has developed relationships with the best manufacturers. The products are drop-shipped directly from the manufacturer to the customer. The store has hundreds of five-star reviews on the site and on third-party sites, The store currently has no employees, aside from the owner, who works only 10 to 15 hours a week on it. SEO is handled by an agency. This is a business that can be grown by a company with experience in the novelties field. Only $2.72 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is performer Christina Castilla. Christina, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. Now, Christina is from Amsterdam, one of my favorite Mm -hmm. places, and she's a cam girl and content creator. She is Dutch and Greek and speaks Dutch, English, and some Greek and German. She calls herself a big belly bitch and a hairy Greek (laughs) goddess. Love those. Uh, She's been in the industry for 11 years, starting when she was 19 to support herself while going through law school. She started a a small on a Dutch platform and has been on international platforms for almost eight years. In 2021, she won XBiz's best BBW Cam Model was XBiz Cam Star of the Month in September 21 and was featured in XBiz World and Hustler Online Magazine. When she's not camming or creating, she can be found walking through nature, singing and making music, sitting on her balcony playing Pokemon Go battles, talking to strangers, (laughs) shaking her big booty in the club, and trying to beat the world record of orgasms. Ooh, -hmm. that sounds uh, interesting. We will talk about that later. Christina, how did you go from the small Dutch platform you started on to working internationally?
1: Tumblr, actually. Uh, The Dutch platform, I mean, camming back then was very different than it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Dutch platform I started on, I actually started because I wanted to do phone sex. So they Mm. offered phone sex, Mm. camming uh, without sound, Mm -hmm. and then camming with sound. Um, And you could only make... 24 hours and uh, 24 euros an hour that was the maximum Mm. because you had like a set amount you couldn't change your own rates Mm. um but back then i was 19 years old i was like okay this is pretty good money (laughs) um because i didn't know any better Right, And then I got on Tumblr and I saw all these girls on like my free cams and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, they're making a lot more money than I am. (laughs) And uh, then I kind of just ventured out a little bit. I was a little hesitant at first yeah, um, because I started without showing my face as well because I Mm -hmm. was in school and you see thousands of people there every day. So I didn't want people to recognize me. Yeah. and I think it was my second or last year in college where I decided to go on stream 8, actually. And it was just because, I don't know, it seemed interesting and fun and the possibilities were a lot bigger.
0: How did things work out when you went to stream 8?
1: Pretty good, actually. I really enjoyed it. The setup there was also very different on the Dutch mm-hmm. platform. I only uh, spoke to people, really, if they called in. Mm. So if there were no clients, you were just uh, just sitting there waiting for something to happen. So in the beginning, it was pretty good because I would just be doing my homework <laughs> while waiting for a call. Yeah. Um, but so it was very different because suddenly you're in this free chat and you have to entertain from the start. Right. Um, but I quite enjoy that.
0: So how did you go from camming to creating content?
1: That was also a pretty natural development, really. I, again, through Tumblr, I saw all these girls also doing like fetish clips and stuff like that. I saw sites like Clips for Sale, mm-hmm. and it just seemed fun to do something like that. And I really didn't know what I was doing at all. I just kind of like saw what other girls were doing and maybe seeing, oh, like maybe that would be fun to do mm-hmm. and just kind of put my own spin on it. Yeah. And then very quickly, I actually had a few guys who would contact me. Uh, for custom videos and that's how i've done most of my videos since because i am i'm really more of a camera than a a content creator Hmm. Um, yeah i like the instant gratification of that interaction i think
0: (laughs) sure by the way what's what's the strangest request you ever got for a custom video
1: uh see at some point things aren't that's strange anymore <laughs>
0: so it's like yeah no, yeah, no kidding huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like what is the
1: strangest at some point it's almost more strange when they're just like oh can i just see your face it's like oh that's all that is kind of <laughs> odd um, but it's one that i was that was very unique it's, the first few strange ones for me were like four videos uh hmm. so where the guy only wanted to see like my mouth close up Mm-hmm. And, like, my sharp teeth. And then um, he had, like, this whole scenario played out. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a small script where the gummy bears stole his car. And I had to punish them. But I kind of like that. Because you can really get in character, like, yeah, I'm going to punish these naughty bears. And I would use, like, all he of goes. these different kind of bears. I've done, like, I think 15 videos for him like that. <laughs> um, and the most recent, I guess, odd one was a guy who because i am greek so mm-hmm. i have a little bit of a girl stash you know and like mm-hmm. i have full full hair and this guy really liked uh girls with facial hair mm-hmm. um and he wanted me to with makeup put like extra as if i had a little bit of a beard yeah but i i kind of look good with a beard i'm not gonna lie I really i was like <laughs> okay i kind of fuck boy uh immediately <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> started acting like a boy but um The whole thing was that he uh, apparently once had a a not so nice interaction with an ex-girlfriend of his where he caught her shaving. And I don't know if this is true or just a fetish. But the thing was that he felt shamed. This is how he explained it to me. He felt shamed for actually liking girls with facial hair. So he was really embarrassed about this for a long time. And he kind of he didn't ask for this. But I was like, okay, so we're going to play out this. Idea, But then I'm going to turn it into something that would have been an optimal fantasy for him. (laughs) So I kind of uh, took that scenario uh, and twisted it to be kind of the same thing where he caught me shaving for a date night and then we had this conversation and uh, it turned out that everything is okay if he likes girls with facial hair and he will be proud of me. And it was really mostly a talking video, Mm -hmm. very, I guess, girlfriend experience. Like, and it was something I've never heard or seen before. So I guess that might be the oddest one because all the other odd ones you see people do a lot more.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, before I got into the adult industry, uh, she's my ideas then of what was odd and my ideas now. Of what are odd? ah. It
1: shifts, yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: I always say everything is weird or nothing is weird. And the same goes, Uh, everything is normal or nothing is normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, everything's normal to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's so many niches. That's why there's so many types of performers. Yeah. And, hey, the old saying, whatever turns you on which was uh, a saying back when i was young still <laughs> holds true.
1: <laughs> it really does, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So what did you why did you choose sex work over working in law after going to law school? And did you ever work in law?
1: I graduated in 2015 and i had a few internships with like local municipalities and stuff like that and i really noticed Cause I w- and I was doing sex work on the side and I was making really good money. So I-, I was the only one that didn't have any student loans. I think people kind of thought I was like a trust fund baby or something because I didn't say that <laughs> I had a job either. I just always had money. I saw the way they interact with people. And this was like mm-hmm. very, uh, I think it's civ- called civil law in English. But I always just felt like the the civilians were getting... I and going to can cuss, right? Yeah, getting fucked over. It's True. like, but you um, can't expect normal people to know all of these rules. And it's like, oh. they were so excited all the time when they yeah. got to screw someone over that I was like, yeah. well, I right. don't like this. No. So, and then um, I got involved with this union and I kind of said to myself, you know what, I'm always almost graduating. Um, I'm not going to use my degree unless I can actually do something where I can actually help people. Mm-hmm. Maybe something human rights involved. Until then, I'm just gonna see where this goes. I'm just gonna see, you know, if I can make more money with this. Because I never really planned on staying in it, it was just supposed to be uh, a side job next to school. Right. And then, only I think two or so months later, I was asked to start uh, a legal office Mm -hmm. um, at a union for sex workers. I coordinated that for a few years, again, doing sex work on the side because it was an NGO. So it really didn't pay a lot. Right. It was almost like volunteer work. So I did do that for a few years, I think about three years. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was very, and I don't know if I want to do something like that again because of this, because it is, you are in control of someone's life, basically. Right. And if you don't help right. them properly if you mess up you really can mess something up for people's lives possibly forever yeah and that was weighing really heavy on me and oftentimes again because you have all of these rules if someone was only just a day late you could just not do anything anymore and i would be staying up late at night trying to figure out things and working Mm -hmm. with lawyers and but oftentimes you just can't help people anymore and that was just weighing so heavy on me that I had a little bit of a burnout in 2018. And mm. uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm, not, I'm gonna stop doing that. And then I went back to doing uh, sex work mostly full-time, but then I always yeah. have some kind of like side things here and there. I always mm-hmm. med- meddle into sex work uh, advocacy and lobbying if I can, because yeah. I just like to. I can, It doesn't let me go. <laughs> yeah, well, as it, yeah.
0: look, as it should be. Uh, my favorite lawyer joke, by the way, you know, California has a lot of lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. And New Jersey has a lot of toxic waste dumps. Mm-hmm. You know why that is, right? No. New Jersey had first choice. So <laughs> what's the main <laughs> focus in your shows and your content?
1: Well, my content, because it is mostly uh, custom-based, it kind of depends. And it really the. Uh, the well, most of it is still like the bbw fetishes and the hairy niche mm-hmm. um and my cam shows are pretty diverse right. um i've noticed that they change a lot as well uh like the older i get the more younger clients i get and not only because i get older but when i was in my early 20s most of my clients were at least over 35 and most of them in their 40s but then mm. now that i'm in 30 years old a lot of my clients are like in their early 20s or mm like 20 to 35, 40 at a max. I still have some older clients here and there and I have a lot of clients that I had for eight years on streaming. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I would say still most of them, it's like 50, 50, 50% is mostly what I call vanilla. So that's like your deep trouting, which I absolutely love to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Playing with your pussy, the squirting. um, Mm -hmm. And then half of it is more fetish based. So whether Mm -hmm. that be the hairy uh, or maybe belly play, or I do a lot of Dom stuff as well. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of cucks and sissies and all kinds of stuff like that. And my content is kind of like revolved around those kind of topics as well.
0: Okay, so how did you decide to venture into the hairy
1: niche? Well, kind of naturally, like I said, I'm Greek. So at some point, yeah. as we say in Dutch, it is "vechten tegen de beer guy, which is just there is no fighting it. <laughs> yeah. um, and for me, I also have very sensitive skin. I think I started stopped shaving my armpits. I think like 2013. Mm. or so mostly okay. just because it it was always irritating me and i would always yeah. get all of these really nasty bumps and i was like who the fuck am i doing this for because it sure as hell isn't me because i am not pleased <laughs> when my skin looks like this so i stopped with shaving the armpits first and then i noticed people actually really liked it so i was like okay that's something i guess slowly it just progressed into just not shaving most of my body, really. And sometimes I would get a little in a in a mood and i will be like, oh, I'm going to shave my legs or mm. I'm going to shave the pussy lips a little bit here and there. But honestly, most of the time I just can't be fucked. And I actually really like hair as well. And I, th- I think it's just really nice, like, rub your hands through the hairs and it's just nice and soft. I know at some point before I met my Kieran boyfriend, I was did, went on a lot of Tinder dates. Some of the guys at first would be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna eat hairy pussy." It's like, well, then I guess you're not gonna eat pussy because I'm not gonna shave you, <laughs> and then we're not gonna fuck either. Because if you're a man who's afraid of hair, then I, I, I don't. You're just not a man. You can have preferences, but if you're actually like adamant on, "I'm not gonna fuck a hairy pussy, sir," good luck to you. Yeah, really. Um, and the funny thing is that pretty much all of them, uh, basically became obsessed with it. Mm. Um, and I'm convinced it's the the hairy pussy magic. It's the pheromones that's in there, you know? I always say it's the flavor saver. That's what <laughs> makes it taste so good. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> and funny. It, 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 that's just kind of like how it naturally kind of grew. And yeah. um, at first, the first few years, I guess like 2014 to basically 2020 2021 i'm I'm not good at marketing Mm -hmm. um so i wouldn't even market with it it was just kind of like this is just who i am and if you don't like it you don't like it but now thinking back i should have been marketing with it like hey i'm a hairy bitch all along i just Mm -hmm. had a very big not a disdain but like i don't know i'm i don't know like i said marketing is my biggest downfall because i'm just many people yeah that's wow.
0: a, the a biggest downfall for a lot yeah. of uh, business people, actually. Yeah. What is the world record for orgasms and how close have you come?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> pun intended. Because uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I should have looked this up. It was 134 orgasms in one hour
0: oh my for God. women.
1: Yeah, for women, it's it either one thirty-four or one thirty-six, but I want to say one thirty-four. For men, it's only sixteen in one hour, and I feel like that's that's only? easy.
0: Only? We can do it
1: within, like at least ten minutes. For me, that's easy. Oh. I'm very blessed that I'm a very easy comer. Um, I've never had to fake an orgasm yeah. in my life. Um, <laughs> and the closest I've come was actually with a client who was really adamant in helping me. So he would take me private for like an hour and he would just be counting the orgasms because mm-hmm. at, at some point I can't count them anymore. I'm just well, like this yeah. sex obsessed, crazed, like exorcist kind of style. Uh, peel, and you it was off,
0: peel you off the ceiling, right?
1: Literally, off yeah. the floor, literally. Oh. Um, and the closest we got was around 70 in one hour.
0: Oh, you got a ways to go, girl.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost halfway.
0: <laughs> Way to go way to go so being a bbw do you feel Mm -hmm. like you need to stay looking a certain way to be appealing to your fans
1: yes and no actually um (laughs) yeah well both a little bit because i do again i feel very lucky a lot of my clients like me for me so they don't really care like some of them do have a preference for bald girls but they like Mm -hmm. me so they're like okay well we're gonna fuck this hairy pussy so a few years ago, I used to be bigger than I am now, and I lost a lot of weight because I was pretty sick. For me, I got pretty skinny, and I had a lot of clients who were literally telling me that I looked ugly and that they weren't coming back. And I was yeah. like, I think, um, well, Jesus, oh, wow. I'm sorry that I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm trying to be <laughs> yeah. healthy
0: here.
1: Yeah, but well, I'm, also I'm trying to be, but I was, I was just, I was not well. Yeah. Uh, Um, it was a very rough part in my life, and um, when I felt a little bit better, and also with the Corona, like I gained, I gained some Corona kilos. I'm actually trying to shed them a little bit because I want to get back into powerlifting. Um, Mm -hmm. But then there's also people that say, "Oh, I did like you better when you were bigger, or I liked you better when you were skinnier." And it's kind of like, but you can never really please everybody. No. So I think like a few years ago, yeah, a few years ago, it was gets me a little bit more, like, especially because you're, you are not feeling well, and people are suddenly telling you on all sides, like, oh, you're not good enough. But then it's also the side where you're sick, but people are telling you, oh, you look so great. It's like, well, here, I'm getting this message here. I'm getting this message. I feel like I'm dying. I don't know. This is kind of messing with me a little bit. Yeah. And at this point, it's just kind of like, there, there are other girls. If you like them skinnier, they are there. Yeah. And if you like them bigger, they, they are there as well. You got
0: to let it go. You got to let it go. You
1: really do. Yeah. But it, it is something they really do mention it. <laughs> when they see oh, a change, they let oh, you I know. know. It's like, okay, thank you for noticing that one kilo I gained or lost.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, the wonders of social media. Don't get me started. Um, so have you seen the camming industry change in the last 11 years?
1: yes absolutely but also just from starting on a on a dutch platform that was very small i don't know how it is for other girls that have been in it for so long but for me Mm -hmm. i didn't i don't know i feel like we didn't at least i didn't know that you could actually make really good money and this could be like a real job back then it was just kind of like i don't know something that you did if you were a little bit exhibitionist or like a little bit of a frisky girl (laughs) um and Already that outf- outlook has changed so much because now girls really get into it thinking, I'm going to make big money. Yeah. And I feel like only that already is such a big difference technology-wise. When I started with a, the with a content creation back in, when was it, like 2014? If you had like 1080 XP HD, that was like the shit. And mm-hmm. then I was working uh, as a legal professional and I didn't really make any content in those years because I didn't have the time. But right. I come back three years later in 2018 and suddenly everybody is shooting in 4K and I'm like, what the hell? Um, so I feel like there there's really a lot right. of big differences that happen really, really quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. And the other thing is that these... Cam girls hear about, and creators too, obviously, with the advent Mm -hmm. of OnlyFans, they hear about the performers making tons and tons of money, and they all assume they're going to,
1: and that's not necessarily the case. No, and I think for most people, it isn't the case.
0: No, no. you got to figure a way to be unique, and either they like it or they don't, and... Some have hit it big and some have done nothing. And yeah,
1: and I think most people are actually just kind of in between there.
0: I think it all comes know? down to effort, too. It comes down yeah. to effort and it also comes down to talent and a lot of it personality, too.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah.
0: Big time. I know you don't have any problem in that area, Christina. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, what are some of your favorite stories about sessions you've done on CAM?
1: My very favorite, which has been a favorite of mine for many years now, was um, in 2016. In Holland, we have two Christmas days. So we have mm-hmm. first Christmas day and second Christmas day.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I was with family on second Christmas day. And I wasn't actually even supposed to be online that day. Mm. Right. Uh, I think this was in 2016. and. But I was home earlier and I was a little tipsy and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to get online and see what happens. <laughs> and uh, there was this guy who was talking to me. And at first I kind of thought he was like a troll or something because, I don't know, I, he was talking kind of like like he wasn't responding to what I was saying. But he mm-hmm. also, it, it was weird. And then he asked for a cam to cam. So I told him, OK, sure, an exclusive. And I was like, let's see what this guy is up to and he took me private, and he kept doing the cam-to-cam request. So at first, I was a little annoyed. I was like, no, you have to take me exclusive. Um, Mm -hmm. But then he kept trying it, and he wasn't leaving, and you can't really kick someone out. At least I still haven't figured out how to without going offline. So I was like, okay, fuck you. I'm going to be mad at you, and uh, (laughs) I'm just going to accept your cam, and I'm going to shout at you or something. I don't don't really know what I thought. (laughs) And he turned his cam on, and immediately I could tell that and I'm not trying to be rude here, but you could tell that he was clearly very autistic or something like Aww. that. And um, so immediately I softened up and he seemed mm-hmm. really, really nervous as well. Like I
0: yeah.
1: uh, have OCD as well and ADHD mm-hmm. and I have a lot of like ticks and stuff that I do, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger when I was really nervous. So I noticed a lot of those in him. Yeah. Um, so I just started having a conversation with him. And nice. uh, again, he was really, really nervous. And I just, pointed out the things I saw, but keeping them to myself. So I was like, you know, when I'm nervous, I do this or this or this. And do you have that as well? And when I mentioned those things, he seemed really elated. He was like, oh, my God, I've never spoken to anybody else who feels like that. Um, And it turned out that he barely ever even talks to peers because he was so socially anxious. He's barely ever talked to a woman. I was, I think, what what was I, 25 at the time, something like that. He was in his 30s.
0: Um,
1: He had never kissed a girl before. Um, And because he's clearly someone that has issues, people talk down to him a lot. And he was actually pretty intelligent. He was working in IT, but people would always talk to him like he was a child.
0: That's true. And
1: this was the first time he said that someone actually talked to him, like just a normal person would talk to him. And I think we were private right. for over an uh, almost an hour. At, at some point, I was a little nervous because I was like, "Oh, does he is he aware how much money he is spending now?" So I <laughs> tried to point that out, and he was like, "Oh, should I give you more money?" And I was like, "No, no, that's okay. Like, don't mm-hmm. give me more money." And I didn't really know what to do. I was like, "Should yeah. I end end the call?" Or is then someone else maybe going to take advantage of him? So I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay and give him what I think he needs. Yeah. And he was so sweet. At some point, he got out his guitar. He was like, can I uh, play a song for you? Oh, and then he lovely. was singing and playing his song. And nice. uh, we were having such a nice conversation. He was sharing so much of himself with me. And over the course of that hour, you could literally see... Such a change in him as a person, so from being yes. basically a nervous wreck to just being a very open wow. person who was really, really happy at some point he asked me at towards the end, he was like, "Can I see one titty?" and I was like, "Babe, you can have both of them
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> What else do you want <laughs>
0: um,
1: and uh, at the end, and then, again, it was like second Christmas Day, and this is a time where a lot of people are often very depressed yeah um he told me. Uh, He was like, Christina, are you aware that you save people's lives doing this? Um, At this point, I was almost crying, (laughs) but trying to keep it together. And then I was just kind of nodding like, yeah, probably. And uh, he was like, no, 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 I don't mean me. I am not suicidal. And I was thinking like, yeah, you say that. But I think Mm -hmm. it was very, very good that we spoke today.
0: Big time. Did you hear from him? Did you hear from him after that?
1: No, I've never seen him again, so I really wow. really hope he's he's doing well um He wow. did ask about like my schedule and all of that, but mm-hmm. I have never seen him uh, again
0: well it sounds like you really helped him that's awesome it was,
1: and it also shows like my favorite part of the job it's really that human connection and yeah. just being able to have someone go off on their own way again after being with sure. me and just being so much happier
0: I think if you're just in this for the money you're not gonna do very well. But if you are in this to connect with people, you're going to do much better. It's my favorite
1: thing. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's that's my feeling. So how do you manage being in this line of work while dating or having a partner?
1: Well, dating, it was a little bit... Because, you know, I'm sure many girls have said this. As soon as you mention it, everybody's going to be like, oh, I want to shoot a porn with you. And it's like, okay, let's get the lights. Do you know someone who can use a camera? <laughs> and then they're always like, oh, uh, I don't know. So the dating was a little odd. Uh, the mm-hmm. first time I was on Tinder, sure. Um, I used my Christina name, fortunately, because I was on cam an hour later. And someone was like, oh, I just saw you on Tinder. And I'm like, okay, that is new. Mm. and I've had many guys who I would like share my number with, or maybe I even met up with that then would send me like a link from porn. i like, Oh, I found you here. And I'm like, Oh Jesus. Now I never want to talk to you again because <laughs> the way that you approach me, like you can approach me in a normal way about this. Right. Um, but my boyfriend actually, he's been very open-minded from the start. Good. Um, and he knew what I was doing as well. So, If he at some point felt like this was not something he would be okay with, he had a lot of time before we really got serious to figure that out. Um, And I think what also helps is that it is just through a screen, you know, and even though you have that human connection, um, the way he says it, again, it's in Dutch which kind of translates to nobody else gets to touch the cake. Like they can look at it. He likes to show right. me off. He sure. even in just daily life, he loves to show me off. He loves when people are looking at me as long as nobody else gets to touch it. Um, well, sure. And the other, yeah. the,
0: the other part of it is this, you live in Holland, mm-hmm. um, prostitution's legal in Amsterdam. I would yeah. imagine I mean, I'll just ask you, how does that impact your views, your boyfriend's views, and everyone's views there on sex work?
1: Well, I actually have a lot of friends who are, uh, some work in the red light district, some work as an escort, some work for, Mm -hmm. like, clubs. Right. Uh, So, for me… for me it was even also kind of new at the beginning because even though I was doing sex work I I still because we have a lot of like I guess propaganda regarding the red light district where a lot of all of the media image that you get is yeah but these girls are forced highest class escorts they do it voluntarily but the girls in the windows they don't so even though I was doing sex work for multiple years Mm -hmm. I still had that image until I actually met with people Mm -hmm. and for example they say like oh the Eastern European girls they're they're so they're such victims and it's like have you ever spoken to an eastern european girl because they will <laughs> they will fuck you up if you play with them wrong you know yeah. um and i actually did they used to have uh, a woman used to have like an um like a workshop uh working mm-hmm. in the windows right and i always kind of thought like oh maybe that will be kind of fun so i did that workshop many years ago mm-hmm. and only when you're actually standing in that window uh, you notice how much power you actually do have because you see everybody before they see you. If you don't want someone to see you, you can immediately walk away. So I didn't yeah. have any clients. He just showed me like basically right. how the interaction worked. Every time a client would come up, she would like shove them away. But it was really powerful in a sense. Cause you would expect to feel more exposed, but it, mm-hmm. it really isn't. So I did always kind of like play with the idea of working maybe in the windows or something like that. But uh-huh. because I was working that legal job and camming on the mm-hmm. side, it wasn't, I just didn't have the time. And then I know some girls who work there and we were kind of making the same amount of money. And because I do have a lot of hermit tendencies, I was like, well, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to make more money, then I'm just going to stay in my house. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: No, most def- um, most Most yeah. definitely.
1: And, and it's not the, easiest
0: oh, sorry. Work in, sorry, no, not the easiest work in the world either. Well,
1: no, actually, I think it's, uh, funnily enough, I think it's very similar to camming. Because really? imagine that, yeah, which you have like your own, standing in the window kind of felt like being in free chat. And then sure. you have to entice people to come in. Sure. And like the whole kind of like the hustle aspect of it felt kind of similar. I think those two lines of sex work are actually more similar than any other two. Um, interesting that i can think of and so when i met my boyfriend i actually told him i'm a sex worker but so he thought already that i was doing prostitution so in his head after our first date he was thinking like okay can i be okay with someone who does sex work and he because he is also a very analytical person he decided Mm. that he could be um but then on our second date he found out that i do camming and for him that was kind of a relief like okay yeah um so then but also it was like and I, I don't want to sound, again, like, whorephobic or something. Obviously, I'm hmm. not. But it is. And I can understand that, you know. Like, I also, I like to be shared, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't like to share. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't I want it. other people to touch my cake either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
0: So I, um, it's an yeah. interesting dynamic down there, for mm-hmm. sure. For anyone who's been down there, they know. For anyone who hasn't, they should definitely... Uh, take a look because there's nothing like it
1: so no it really isn't and i should really advise people to come by quickly because the municipality Mm -hmm. of amsterdam is actually trying to shut it down so i always already
0: it's already been reduced greatly
1: absolutely yeah there used to be like almost 500 windows and now there's only i believe like 250 or something like that yeah so So know. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, really. And even it though is. people have been here, they still often have this idea of like, oh, yeah, the girls are trafficked or victims. And it really almost could not be farther from the truth. They really yeah. don't understand how it works.
0: Well, the whole trafficking thing is being overblown internationally, but that's yeah. that's a whole other side. Um, yeah. especially in the United States, but don't don't get me started.
1: Yeah, we could fill um, a whole podcast on that.
0: <laughs> I've talked many times about that. So <laughs> have you ever considered shooting porn?
1: I have. Um, mm-hmm. And I already, like, years ago, I would have, like, pretty well-known names, like, shoot in my DMs, like, hey, would you want to shoot together? But because I am here and most of the people are in the states um, my response usually would just be like yeah but I'm over here so I guess that's not really going to work out because I was more interested back then Um, and then sometimes they would be like oh yeah but I'll be in Germany then and then or I'll be in the UK then and then maybe either I can fly out or I can fly you out and but clearly there was a part of me that didn't really want to necessarily because I've never really pursued it even though I could have. And I even never even shot, well, we shot like personal home videos. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: with my boyfriend, I don't know. And at at this point, I don't know if I still want to do it. I think Mm -hmm. I do need more videos with at least a dick in my face because it really brings (laughs) out my features nicely. (laughs) Uh, And I think a lot of my guys would also like it. But I think also because I do cam and it's very much that personal interaction, I don't know if for a lot of people it would also ruin the fantasy.
0: Good point. Good point.
1: I, I don't know. I think I might at some point with my partner. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely uh, some girls in the States where I'm like, oh, if I get a, a chance to shoot with her, I would love to. Uh, like Lena Paul, for example, she mm-hmm. is smoking hot, but I don't mm-hmm. know if she likes big girls. But, you know, like there's definitely <laughs> some people on my list where I'm like, if I would get the chance, I will jump on it.
0: Yeah, definitely. But like, it's not something literally.
1: I'm actively, literally, <laughs> but it's not something I'm actively pursuing. Okay, how do you
0: feel the normalization of sex work with OnlyFans, uh, making it more mainstream, is a good thing?
1: Um, I think again, let yes and no. I find it really hard to answer questions like that in a just yes or like black and white answer because, again, I started when I was nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, so I started very young as well. But I think because I started so young, I also know that. It probably isn't for everybody to start that young. Um, oh, yeah. And I think uh, it really, the normalization of it, it's, I don't hate it. It's nice that people know a little bit more. Like if you say, oh, I do this, people now kind of have an idea of what you do. And so, right. like you don't have to always explain it to them. Sure. And I think it has caused a lot of people to be more open And a lot Mm -hmm. more sex worker positive and friendly. But I also think that it led to a lot of people jumping into it, especially young girls who didn't really know what they were getting into. Like, I have seen really young girls, like, literally making an OnlyFans as soon as they turn 18 or, like, being like, oh, I can't wait until I can start one. And it's like, I don't think that that is something that's necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad either, but. Um, I don't know. I think it's very good just for your own development to have had other jobs as well. You know, I've had many jobs before I started this. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you do start making a lot of money, um, because it can kind of screw screw with your sense of what's normal. I sometimes ask my boyfriend, like, what do normal people make in a month? <laughs> like, what is a normal salary? Right. Because I've been in this so long that I don't know what is. Yeah. What what do normal people live with? I that's don't know. That's a real
0: nice. That's a real wonderful question to have to have, Christina.
1: That that uh, sure, it's very privileged. <laughs> I am very aware of that, but it's also, I think, I don't know. Uh, everything, of course, has good and bad sides. So, well,
0: and well, and the, and the other thing is, I don't think that these people that are making unbelievable money on OnlyFans realize how lucky they are and they also don't realize it could go away in a minute
1: yeah exactly and i, I don't know i do feel again i, I don't want to be like hypocritical because i really did start so young uh, as well mm-hmm. i do think that uh, sometimes people don't necessarily think about all of the um, consequences yes um hmm no, but they I, don't. I think, but, but that's the same if you're 25, 30, or 19 for some people. I think Indeed. a lot of people did very good starting that young. So. Sure,
0: sure. It's, it it's really nuanced. Yeah, yeah. It, dep- it depends on the person. It really so, does. So what was it
1: like winning an Expos Award? Amazing. I didn't unexpectedly, unexpected, unexpected. <laughs> immediately lose my words. I really didn't expect it. Um, I've seen a lot about those awards, of course, over the years, but it always seemed very America focused. I never really saw a lot of European girls or something like that win, I'm sure here and there. And I never really even looked into how those things work. But then last year I saw something about the pre-nominations and I was like, you know what? Let me just try see if we can get nominated. So yeah. I did and then I got nominated and I was like, "Oh, what the fuck? I didn't really expect that to happen because <laughs> again like I social media is not my jam. I never been a social media person. I mm just refreshing. don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> um, when social media was coming up, I was just smoking weed with the homies in the park. Like it was never my thing. Um, but since I guess also like early 2021, I was like, okay, because I knew for years that I really need to get into this. But I was so again, resistant, just like with that hairy marketing. I was like, I just don't want to do it. I was like, okay, I need to. So I only had like, I don't know, maybe three or 4,000 Twitter followers which is not a lot compared to a lot of the other girls that were nominated. Right. Um, and just in general compared to people online Mm -hmm. so i was surprised to even be nominated and then you know then the whole other process start people have to vote and all of that kind of stuff and i kind of just promoted it everywhere i mentioned it on my cam shows and Mm -hmm. uh, i was on there for like good seven years at the time and i guess a lot of people really do fuck with me at some point i was like oh maybe i actually have a shot because Mm -hmm. people were telling me they were voting but then i look at some of the other girls and they had like millions of followers on instagram and i literally just threw my phone away like ah, this shit is never gonna happen, and then it actually did, um, and I I, w- I was in shock. I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, my, awesome. my mom was proud of me. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, she uh, she said that she happened to wake up at the right time because mm-hmm. she called me, but I think that she actually just stayed up really late, just like I did, to see if oh, I would win.
0: That's sweet. Yeah,
1: she's really sweet. It, it was kind of mind blowing, really. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. So. What's your biggest challenge working in this industry?
1: marketing and the social media. Um, and again, I think it's also because I really do have these hermit tendencies where I really do love talking to people and stages is one of my favorite things. Meeting new people is one of my favorite things, but that mm-hmm. is like, again, like the instant talking thing. Right. So like what we're doing now, but when you do it like on the social media, then I have time to think and then you have to word it right because you have like a mm-hmm. word limit. And mm-hmm. as soon as I have time, that think that's generally where i get <laughs> stuck a little bit because yeah. i can be an overthinker so i either have to do something immediately right. or it's, it's really hard for me to get to it yeah um so absolutely that yeah
0: <laughs> okay christina where can people find you
1: everywhere uh they can find me <laughs> at bigbellybitch.com which okay. uh, leads you to my only fans christinacams.com which leads you to my cam profile mm-hmm. and uh on social media i am at tina underscore uh, castalia C A S T A L I A. And I believe I have a link tree uh, at com where they can find all of that. And I do have a website in the, in the works, uh, which will also be at christinacostalia.com.
0: Christina, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk. And I hope we get a chance to do this again real soon.
1: I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
0: Thank you. My broker tip today is part eight of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Last week, we talked about information needed to give the buyer and being transparent with the buyer. Here's more information on what to give a potential buyer. How well has your content been protected from piracy and what steps have you taken to protect your content? Are you using a piracy takedown or monitoring service? These are important facts to know. What promotional tools do you offer to your affiliates? The more tools you offer, the more successful your affiliates will be. What is your traffic breakdown by country? Tier 1 countries like the USA, Canada, the UK, Germany, and Australia are the most preferred. Add in anything else that will add value to the sale of your property that you can think of, such as what custom scripts do you use, what content management system software is on your site. Do you use billing or affiliate software like Nats? What is your retention rate? How you retain your members is of the utmost importance. How many joins and rebuilds do you have a day? Do you buy advertising and if so, which kind? Can your content make more money in the DVD or VOD markets or have you already taken advantage of this? How much did you spend to produce or buy the content that's on your site? What do you believe the content is worth now? We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Julie from Primetime Cams. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Christina Castilla. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.